Are you ready to unapologetically unleash your bold and define your life, money, and business? Define You Radio Class is in session with host the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace, brings you the stories behind the glory. Hear from women and men who decided that life didn't define them. They were going to define themselves. Pen and Papers Ready Class is now in session. Hello and welcome, 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 welcome. Happy Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning in to Define You Radio. This is your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. First off, I want to thank everyone who has supported me and Define You Radio as we come up on a year in June. Yay! I said... Um 2017 is the time to unleash and crown up. Well, Define You Radio is doing the same. I have some big changes ahead, but not too much of a change, but enough that you guys are definitely going to see the unleashing in Define You Radio. So make sure you stay tuned and connected with the show so you can be part of unleashing in 2017. So tonight, we are talking about J-O-Y, joy, with the author of Find Your Friggin' Joy, and I hope I said that correctly, (laughs) Mrs. Uh, Belinda Farrell. (laughs) She has an awesome book and an awesome website. It's www.hunahealing.com. I love what we are talking about tonight taking personal responsibility for your joy. You guys hear that? That means you have to take responsibility for your joy. We often talk about healing and what we need to get rid of in order to do that. But when you lose something bad, I'll just say something bad, the best thing to do is replace it with something good. So if you, you've lost something or gotten rid of some habits, joy is definitely something that you can replace with, you know, put in, in that place. You don't want to have any empty spaces. I know that's easier said than done, right? I mean, life can make you forget what it feels like to have peace or to be at peace or better yet to have joy. With that being said, let's welcome Belinda to the show. Belinda, why don't you tell the audience, well, number one, let's welcome you to the show. Hey, Miss Belinda. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's just amazing that you have this opportunity to connect people like you do, Valencia. Well, thank you so much. It is. It has been a wonderful, joyous journey as I come up on a year. So uh, I'm I'm very excited about tonight's show. I don't think that I'm 99.9% sure, okay, that joy is is not something that people really think about or talk about. It, uh, you know, we'll use terms like happy and, you know, so on and so forth. So I'm definitely excited to hear about joy and taking personal responsibility for it and definitely the book. So why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about you? Well, I had to kind of find my joy again, because as you know, in the book, I I lost a child. He took his life about eight years ago. And, you know, that puts you into a a hole of grief. And I I couldn't find any joy for a long time. And... um, I had been learning and following the teachings of the ancient Hawaiians, which is called Huna, and that was working pretty effectively in helping me to um, regain um, mobility in my back again. I had been paralyzed. I'd been also a stunt car driver, so I, I lived a little bit in the fast lane. I was an adrenaline junkie for a while. And then finally I collapsed with herniated discs and nerve damage and was told I was never going to walk again unless I had surgery. 
And all this time I had been studying about how the Hawaiians could heal themselves and how the kahunas could put bones back together and things could shift and there was no mental illness on the islands when people practiced these teachings. And it was all about self-forgiveness and taking personal responsibility for your life. And I'd been studying this for about three years, so when my back collapsed, I thought I didn't have an option. I, I didn't want to have surgery. I had no insurance, and um, my insurance companies had dropped me because I couldn't work anymore. So I had to really see if this really worked, and it did. I healed completely. My back re realigned itself. I was able to walk. I had a whole different aligned spine after I'd finished with this process, and I outlined that all in the book. But then afterwards, um, you know, I kept doing this for a while when my son passed away, and at the same time, I also lost all my savings account in a Ponzi scheme. So I had no place to live. I couldn't even rent. I had to sell everything I owned. It was, you know, somebody had pulled the rug from underneath you. And I had a friend that um, dragged me to a movie to see The Living Matrix. And in this film, I got to observe Dr. Eric Pearl, who was the founder of this reconnective healing. And I saw him do these three sessions. He didn't even touch this little boy who had cerebral palsy and was in a wheelchair. And after doing these three sessions, the little boy was out of the wheelchair and playing in the playground. And I just knew that I had to learn what that was and how to do it. I had not been excited about anything since Huna. So this was something that really stirred my emotions. And the first thing I did was get a session myself um, from a practitioner that was in my area and she didn't know anything about me. She didn't know that my son had passed or anything. It's better not to know anything so that you have no agenda when you go in. And after the session, which was about a half an hour, my grief was lifted, and there was joy. There literally was joy. And it was a lightness. It was a feeling of just um, bliss. And I was... I was absolutely, it was like a miracle. And I had a couple of other sessions. I, I flew to Chicago to learn how to do this, and I've been doing it now ever since. And I've come to find out that as you move your negative thought forms away from the, the core of who you are, the joy just comes up like a wellspring. So it's not something that you earn or you get through you know, that you put into, it's there. You just have to remove the cover, the shroud, the blanket, or whatever you call it, peeling the onion, and boom, there it comes. Wow. It's it's very interesting, everything you said, because even in your bio, it's a few things you said that I didn't know. And I want to just get clear on a few things. I know you said your son sure. took his life. Do you mind sharing, you know, why did you, did you guys like maybe well, find out why or what was behind he, that? He was, he observed me and my um, degeneration of my spine. He had to pick me up off the floor and put me to bed. I couldn't move, couldn't stand, couldn't walk. And, you know, and I was doing all of this self-healing, taking an active part in my own healing because I just, I had no insurance. So it was through necessity that, you know, that I had to do this. My ex-husband is an orthopedic surgeon. So his influence on my son was have surgery, have surgery. And so um, my son was suffered from an injury in skiing and, it was where he his spine had fused together, and so he he opted to have the surgery rather than do any, you know, investigation as to any of the emotional things that are attached to losing the mobility of your spine. So he overdosed on pain medicine. He just couldn't stand the pain anymore because the surgeries really didn't work. He was still in a lot of pain, 
and the only way he could um, manage was through medication, and then he over-medicated, and that's how he passed. He had just graduated um, from college. and Well, I want yeah, to just, uh, ex- extend my condolences to you. I know that was a a hard a hard loss loss you oh. know and so I just definitely want to say say that and I I know in yeah. between you because you had already studied or started studying Huna when this happened right yes yes I had been going. I, you know, I never liked water. I was really afraid of water. I wasn't afraid to drive a race car or run a race or do all kinds of stunts on the earth, on the ground. But when it came to water, you know, I just, I never wanted to be near it. And so I had to fly to Hawaii to take advanced courses in hypnosis and past life regression. And here I am on an island surrounded with water. And so it was during a time when I was learning how to reach the higher self through breathing, through the ha breath, which is also outlined in the book. And I experienced this entrance of dolphins and whales coming inside of me. And for someone who's never had dolphins and whales on their radar, it felt like an invasion of some kind of foreigners, you know. And that night... Um, they started teaching me how to swim in my dream time. I couldn't get rid of them. They were there. I was swimming. I, they was, you know, I'd wake up the next morning, and I had this you know, desire to go out and be with them. And so I had to overcome that first fear of getting into the ocean and going into the water. And eventually, of course, they taught me how to swim and dive and feel nurtured by the water and now I take people to Hawaii to swim with the dolphins and have been doing so for the last 20 years. And let me, the, the fear of water and it's, that's, I know a lot of people have that, but that yes. is something, you know, my dad was in the Navy. So learning how to uh-huh. swim was it wasn't an option. So I'm not scared of water but I know people, you know, that are, and they're scared to swim. And so I guess when you don't have a a fear of a certain thing, it's kind of hard to imagine other people being scared of that. Was it, um, but I can tell you, kudos for swimming in the ocean with dolphins, because I'm not scared of water, but if what I call wildlife start coming around me, (laughs) that, that may be a whole, I may forget how to swim with that. Well, it's uh, really, these, this is a very protective bay. This is in Hawaii on the big island. And they've, the dolphins have been coming there to these protective bays for hundreds of years. And once you look into their eyes and you, you receive their sonar through the water, it's as though all of your fears just dissipate. You know, you, you get to rise to a higher level because the sonar, you know, all we are is frequencies anyway. Our bodies are just levels of frequencies. And so they sonar you to let go of the, the lower density frequencies. And so all that's left is this feeling of unconditional love. You just you mm-hmm. fall in love when you're there and you forget your fears. I've taken so many people now into these bays and you know right away they kind of have a little trepidation but as soon as they see the dolphins or the fish or the turtles they lose that because it's a it's a whole nother world and they're very protected it's you know it's just it's very warm in the water for one thing it's almost 80 degrees and it has to do with the emotions you know our emotions are in water and so I think the fear comes from wanting to deal with some of these emotions that have been trapped in our bodies. I know that's what it was for me. And once these feelings come up and these memories come up and you're able to get the learnings from it and then let it go, you're a different person. You feel more joy. You feel more freedom, more liberation from what was holding you back. Well, I'm I'm going to add that to my 100. I guess that'll be 101 because I have a list of 100 lifetime goals, 
and oh I will, I'm going to make that number 101 because it will be the, so I will connect with you and say, okay, I've done everything oh. else. This is the last thing. <laughs> and I, well, I, I would be so honored it's, to take me. It's to a don't. week at a time. I take people in September, the end of August, September, and it's a transformative journey. That's for sure. I drive okay. for you. I cook for you. It's, um, you know, we just do a lot of healing work. We swim every morning, and it's it's an amazing experience. I this is my drug of choice, so mm. I I go there because they're my elixir. <laughs> it's understood. It's incredible. Understood. And yeah. another thing you said before we even get into the quote unquote interview part, I love that you didn't take what the doctors said as the end all and and be all and looked into other options and I think a lot of times as people it's easier for us to accept what the doctors say is this is in concrete this is in in stone I know recently and this is the first time I'm actually sharing this I haven't shared this publicly at all but my grandmother went through some serious health issues in January and the doctors basically said, we're done. There's nothing we can do. You're already, you know, almost 80, just prepare for the end, so to speak. Um, And I, I say that to say, I honestly accepted what the doctor said at that time. It's like, that's, that's it. I have to, you know, prepare to say goodbye and you know she's not going to see her her next birthday I immediately went to accepting what the doctor said but I am proud to say today she happy birthday mama if you're listening because she made it uh and she's in in better health today than she has been in in a in a while and But it's because we started to look at those other factors, those other things that have to do with healing your body. Well, you're in charge of your body. You're you're the one talking to your body and your cells are listening. The cells of the nervous system, the brain is not just in your head. Your whole body is an intelligence. And so what you say to yourself you're you're talking to the unconscious mind which is running your body your conscious mind and your unconscious mind they work together as a team and when i found out that i was saying to myself which caused my back to collapse i was saying my, to myself for years unconsciously that i couldn't support myself that's what i was told my my family had gone through the depression um you know we were not wealthy people at all and so I was raised with that feeling of lack and, you know, having to say that, you know, I, I need support. I need support. I can't support myself. So when you're saying that to the part of you, which is your spine, that is your support, eventually it listens to you and it does exactly what you've told it to do and it collapses. So I had to rethink and readjust my my verbiage, what you say to yourself is instrumental as to how your body is going to react physically. As soon as I started to say, I'm sorry, I thank you for supporting me. I know that you can support me. Do a good job. Every day that became my mantra. And you begin to re, you know, reassemble your languaging to it and, and your gratitude to the part of you that you're switching around course I did other things I memories came up you know of lack of support of abandonment and all those are in my book and I had to let go of those those memories as well but whenever I see a tree you know with a strong you know a redwood tree I go up and I rub against the tree with my back thanking it for mimicking that tree supporting me as strong as that tree does so every time you get a chance, you look to nature or whatever and just, just you know, thank your, your body part for remembering how to heal. 
we we definitely that's what I was going to ask you about, but I wanted to say we definitely underestimate the power of our mind when it comes to our physical health. But I tell right. people, if you look at, you know, the average driveway with the concrete, you're going to see a flower come through the concrete. You're going to see weeds. You're going to see things less strong physically, you know, they're not as strong as the human body, and yet they push through the concrete. Right. That's so right. When, a good analogy. When, yay. I love analogies. Because <laughs> it, it, it's so, it, but it, it's so, I think a lot of times if we don't look at that as people, we'll see the obstacle. We'll see the the concrete, so to speak without appreciating the fact that this this flower or the grass or weeds or whatever was determined enough to break through that it broke through concrete. Right. And so and I, I love looking at nature and seeing seeing yeah. the power of things that's just doing what they're supposed to do. And the other thing about doctors, you know, about listening always I know television totally tells you, ask your doctor, ask your doctor. Well, many doctors have not been taught about the spirit and how things are run or giving responsibility back to the patient to, you know, allow them to talk to their body and to heal themselves. They're not taught that in school. I was married to a doctor. You know, he knew nothing about nutrition. I was allergic to milk products, and I never knew that, and I was always sick with you know, uh, sinus infections and all this, and didn't learn that until after I, you know, got on my own and found out that I was, my body couldn't handle uh, milk products. And then all of a sudden I got better. So a lot of things are related to you having to find out on your own what the environment, how the environment influences you, how the food that you put in your mouth influences you, not only the thoughts, but everything. It's a full-time job to be conscious. Mm. I'm going to have to write that one down. That That is one. <laughs> that's a good one. It, it, yeah, it, it's thinking work to think. It, it's definitely right. to, to be aware and to be conscious of, yeah. I love but it. remember, I'm gonna have to write that too, down. I, I, I had to learn that, that the conscious mind has your free will. You know, you're always in charge of free will, but it has no connection to the higher self, to the higher part of you. You have to get the the memories from the unconscious mind that is running your body and storing all of these. You have to allow them to come up and to get learnings from them and let them go. And mm. then when the pipeline to your higher self is free and clear, you can get excited about your healing. Like for me, when I, when I was doing my healing, I finally let go of a lot of memories that were in my way and gumming up the pipeline. Um, after I got those out of the way, then I would start seeing myself climbing trees. And I used to climb trees as a child. I loved climbing trees and escaping the adults, you know, in the neighborhood. And so you have to have a strong back to climb trees. So I would get my unconscious mind really excited about climbing trees again. And then the unconscious is the key to send that thought form up to the higher self, which brings it down into your physical body. And that's exactly what happened. I healed after doing that for like several days. I healed completely. Visualization is a powerful tool, definitely. Well, it wasn't just visualization, though. I was feeling it. I was feeling how excited I was. I had the emotion. I didn't just see a picture of me climbing trees. I felt what it felt like to really be able to climb a tree again. It's an emotional attachment. And that's what the unconscious mind is. It's like a little animal that that is just your emotional body. It holds all your emotions for lifetimes. They're all buried somewhere into the body. Hmm. When we talk about 
taking personal responsibility for your joy. What exactly does that mean? Well, just like I have said, I took responsibility for having the thought form that I wasn't supporting myself, that my that my spine couldn't support me. So I changed my thoughts. I changed my diet. I had to do something myself to take responsibility. That gave me an active role in my healing. I could feel like I could do something. I wasn't just a puppet on a string. And since I didn't have the option of having surgery, I really wanted to see if this, you know, HUNA was going to work because I, I knew it was helping other people. But when you have to do it to yourself, it's that old adage, physician heal thyself. You know, what are your issues? What, what are you holding back on that is stopping you from living this joyful life? And it's a process. You know, it's a process. You can't beat yourself up if you don't find it, but at least you, you know, you give it that old, um, I don't want to say, even say the word try, but you do something. And so that's taking responsibility. And that's the Huna way. There's, you have to be able to accept that you're at cause for everything that happens to you in your life. And if you can accept that you're at cause and not at the effect, then that's the very first part of the huna, and to lead a hurtless life. So you wouldn't say anything to hurt yourself. You wouldn't say anything to hurt somebody else. Those are the two big, you know, acceptances of the huna way. And, you know, if you do it, you're rewarded. If not, there's there's other ways. So, Ms. Belinda, yes. what, what is your definition? How would you define joy? Oh, it's a lightness of being. It's being in the present time where there's nothing else but just this moment right now. So you don't feel, I, I don't feel any encumberment, you know, nothing heavy on my shoulders. I just feel playful. It's a, It's just like a bliss, like a a feeling of um, bliss, fun. Of being weight-free, weight-free. Weight, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. A lot of people have a heavy burden or they're carrying heavy responsibilities or they feel that the weight of the world is on their shoulders. And, uh, you know, I, that's not that's not bliss. But I have to work at it. I mean, it's not something that stays with me. I have... You know, we the Hawaiians called it um, you attach yourself to things and then you get corded again with like they're like um, webs, you know, like spider webs or just cords that wrap around you if you do not cut your cords every day, if you don't forgive yourself every day from these cords. And so I, I do that whenever I'm feeling like sad or I allow myself to feel the sadness, but I don't let it stay with me for a long time or anger or hurt or guilt or any of that. I forgive myself and you can do that yourself. It's there's three little phrases. It's um, I'm just sorry. And you're saying this to your higher self, to the higher part of you. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. And that's and that's all you have to do. You can use that those words all during the day, and you'll start feeling better. So you'll you just start feeling. You go through that because I I know just from my personal experience, and I'm sure a lot of the audience can relate. I have what I call everything and nothing days. So let's say on Monday, for instance, I feel light as a feather. The world couldn't be more perfect. Like everything is right in the world. I'm feeling joyous. And mm-hmm. then the, and I call that a, a, a nothing day because I'm feeling nothing <laughs> but joy. And then on Tuesday, it's a everything day. It's like everything's wrong. Everything's bothering me. It's like, 
the complete opposite of of joy. How how do I bounce back from that? How do I regroup from that? Saying those okay, personal well, statements. Right. Well, visually, you can see that person down below you on like a stage, and this is just a perception that you have that everything is negative on Tuesday. And you can look down at that person and just see her all shrouded up with cords. She could look like a mummy all dressed up in cords and all those negative thought forms that are wrapping around her. And then you just say to yourself, you know, it's your choice. I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. And then you can kind of shake your body around and then with your hand just see that image of you floating away. And you do it, you keep doing it until you feel neutral, or at least a little more neutral. Because why can't you feel joy on Tuesday if you felt it on Monday? What I mean, that is your choice, right? Good question. <laughs> that that's sometimes it's it's an emotional weight. You know, if we talk about joy as feeling weightless, and I think it's almost um, like a I choose not to deal with anything days. I, that's those are the days I feel the most joy where I'm just like I love me too much to deal with anything that doesn't make me happy today, and I can I can make that choice, but I think. A lot of times, you know, we, we push everything, you know, we'll like, let's say I'll just push whatever comes up Monday, negative, I push it to, to deal with it later, which ends up Tuesday, and then Tuesday I'm feeling ridiculously heavy. Do, is right. it more helpful just to deal with it when it comes up on Monday? Yes. yes. See, your unconscious mind is about two years old. It's running your body. You're not telling your heart to beat. Your cells are, you know, they're multiplying. All your body functions are going on without you having any awareness of it. So the unconscious mind is also responsible for storing all your memories over lifetimes. So you have stuff that's in there from this lifetime, from past lives, and it can be very heavy. And the little unconscious mind is trying to run your body based on the blueprint that it has now with all this stuff that's holding it back. There may be a lot of anger around the heart. Who knows what the pancreas is feeling, you know, the, the colon, the stomach, you know, the brain cells. Who, who knows? Unless you give permission for some of this thing, it's like a Pandora's box. And it does come up. And things fly out of it. But remember, you're always in a different place right now. You're not that person that made those decisions at that time. Maybe you were a little girl. Maybe, you know, all kinds of things happened when you didn't have the tools that you have now to deal with it. So if you allow yourself to let that stuff come up and you can see it or feel it or get some closure from it, put a period on it, and then the unconscious mind just would just love to just let it go. It just it just goes away like all energy. And then you are freer. You're freer. If you can understand that, then when the the issue comes up, instead of, you know, a lot of people anesthetize themselves. They'll go get a drink, they'll go shopping, they'll do anything but deal with what is causing the pain inside of them. And if they only did that, it would it would let go. Does that make sense? It makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I, I think uh, definitely that answer right there helped a lot of people, including me, because I am, I think, happiness or, or joy in the moment, anything that would affect that that moment that nothing that bliss that I'm feeling I'm I will just I'm not going to deal with this I'm going to push it to the side and I think what happens when we do that is that that thing that that bothers us comes back like 
150, like comes back stronger. So mm-hmm. then you, in versus if we actually deal with it when it first came up. Right. And sometimes we don't know how to deal with it. We, When I was flat on my back with my back, I took, I went to see a homeopathist and she was an osteopath, and she gave me some snake venom to take. And it was just a tiny, tiny little pill, but it allowed some memories to come up from the lower spine. And what came up for me is that I had been, as a fetus, just kind of tossed out into this abyss, like a piece of garbage, And this little baby was just thrown into the universe and dodging all of these meteorites and asteroids. And it was very frightening. I thought I was dying. And then finally these amazing healing hands came in and picked me up and put me safely in the hands of some other divine being that was on a higher precipice. And I could look down at all the chaos below me. And finally I, you know, woke up or whatever I did I thought it was like a near death experience and I confronted my mother and um about my birth and she had not told me until that time then that I had been taken to three abortion clinics that my father wanted me aborted and they refused to do it cuz she was too far along but the fetus hears that and feels that abandonment or feels that they're not wanted. And so I was raised with that little cell, I guess, and I had to try to, I guess, work harder to try to earn people's love. And so I was always just trying to do more. I couldn't just be myself. And that was a huge thing to let go of because I realized at that moment that I was loved far beyond any human could love me. I was loved by the divinity. Wow. And then and then deeper healing took place with that. So we don't know about those things until we're f- flat on our backs maybe and vulnerable and, you know, able to say, okay, you know, whatever comes up now is going to come up or else we don't have time. And they get pushed back down. If that hadn't come up, I wouldn't have written my book. You know, so many things would not have taken place. It really kind of uh, put some closure on a lot of issues. When your mom shared that with you, did it seem like it, it made other issues all of a sudden? It was like, okay, everything else makes sense now. Well, yes, of course. I mean, I I was not really wanted at that time. I was her first sexual experience. And so, you know, she mar- my father married her, but they didn't stay married for long. I mean, they just, you know, they did it cuz they had to. And, you know, I just I guess I beat the odds coming in, but I had to do that. This was my soul's journey. But I can see why she was not real excited about having me or you know you just you you feel things you know that you're just not you know you weren't her first choice but she was happy once I was there I had a lot of love from my family you know after I was there but I still felt I had to earn it what what are some okay I know we touched on And for those who, like me, that never heard of it before, Mm -hmm. if -hmm. you could just tell us a little bit more uh, about that, like how did you even find out about it? Well, when I was going to Hawaii to learn about advanced hypnosis and past life regression, some of the the Hawaiians came in and introduced (laughs) us to a beginning uh, course in Huna. They they chanted. The chants were something that just seemed to, I, I just had this feeling of, you know, primitive truth. You know, it's like hearing the drums or hearing any kind of ancient tonal patterns. You go back to a primitive time of, of truth. 
and they taught us how to do the um, what's called Ho'oponopono, to make right right. This was the forgiveness process of putting things down below you and telling yourself that you're sorry and um, I, I forgive you, you're forgiving yourself for holding on to that agenda with that person, and then it releases and it heals on a very high level. And I started doing these things, and they felt good, and it started working. And, you know, I like things that work. Hmm. So it's the, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> so that's how I learned about Huna, and then I studied it. Max Freedom Long is um, a gentleman. He's a teacher who went to the island in 1917, and he was just going to go there for a, a year or so and teach. And he observed these kahunas doing all of these amazing healing things, and nothing was written down. And so he was just, he wanted to know, why isn't this written down? And they had no written language, really, at the time. It was just chants and drumming and um, the hula, the dances. So he started observing. He was there for 40 years, and he's written all of these books on the the art of Huna, the magic of Huna. And I studied his his books, and that's how I learned how to do it on myself. Hmm. How, what are some healing practices that you've learned from, from not only from Huna, but throughout life? What's something we can easily apply to our own life today? Well, I think being grateful for even the littlest things, because I remember when I lost my son and lost my money and I had, you know, you really are stripped to the bare bones. I would still be grateful that I wanted to preserve my health because I didn't want to be a burden to my daughter. My daughter took me in and um, allowed me to stay at her house and I took over the care of my grandson and that really saved me that little boy, you know, that I had to be there for every single day was my joy. And being grateful, I think, is is one of the most powerful tools. You could just be joyful for breathing another day, for, you know, having the friends that you have, being able to walk or whatever it is, you know, gratitude just melts everything away that's that's negative. And then I have the forgiveness practice that I do daily. Without that, I I don't think I would be very happy. (laughs) And it's so easy because you just say, you know, something comes up and you just say, you know, I'm sorry. I love you. You're saying I love you to yourself. I forgive you. You're forgiving yourself for the agenda that you've had with that person and you can put them down below you and see them there. And then thank you. And then cut the cords. You can take a knife, scissors. I have a CD that's called Chant and Forgiveness, and it's on my website. And it takes people through that forgiveness process. So it's in the book, and it's also on a CD that I made 20 years ago. Wow. And that's on Huna, H-U-N-A Healing dot com, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yay. Yay. So I know because I, I definitely want to make sure because in a, in like a, two seconds we're going to get into the book because number one I love the title of the book so we'll get oh. into that in a second but I wanted to ask you really quick because I know you're trained in hip hypnotherapy me and that word that's a what I call a, a one of the words I battle with or I fight with that in uh, entrepreneurial for some reason those. <laughs> words that's before 2017 is over I'm gonna pronounce those two words like a pro because I have (laughs) had a lot of contact recently with people that practice um are trained in or deal with hypnotherapy in some way shape or form and I wanted to ask Okay, if you want to, like, give a brief, like, a sentence or or just for those who don't know what hypnotherapy is, if you want to just explain that real quick. Yeah, it's a therapy of going inside and talking to the unconscious. Remember I said the unconscious is about two years old. 
And learning what the unconscious does, it's in charge of our emotional body. It's in charge of making our whole body run. And if you can be in rapport with the unconscious mind, which is like about a two-year-old, then you can accept um, you can accept suggestions to change your bad habits. A hypnotherapist will allow you to go into the unconscious where all change takes place and rewire you so that if somebody's afraid of spiders or afraid of crossing bridges or afraid of flying, they can rewire that so that you can say, oh, I'm just going to go take a wonderful flight and get over to my destination and I'm going to have a good time from, you know, being afraid to even walk into an airplane. So that's where hypnosis comes in is that it changes the wiring and it does so at the deep unconscious level where change takes place. It doesn't change place consciously. You'll find out when you're looking at television, the advertisers know exactly how to hypnotize you, you know, buy Mm. their product, do this, whispering things to you, because that's what the unconscious mind listens to. It listens to little little whispers or little catch things. And if you can, you know, accept the suggestion from a hypnotherapist and they're really good, you can stop smoking, you can, you know, lose weight and do all those things. But it's all done at the deep unconscious level. You talk to it I, differently than you would your your conscious mind. I may have to uh, <laughs> try it because I have, I know this is kind of like off topic, but it has to do with hypnotherapy because I may need to try it because I've, my whole <laughs> life, I've, I'm pretty much not scared of anything to where I would like run, scream, cry, bloody murder, mm-hmm. except lizards. Really? I have, and I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know where it comes from. I have always been like deathly afraid of lizards. And it's it's like always, always. Like one time at three o'clock in the morning, I saw a lizard in the house. I was on the kitchen counter. I screamed so loud, my neighbors were ready to call the police. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so see if you could get with a hypnotherapist or, you know, you would would see the lizard and then you would just say, oh, huh, it's just a lizard. That's fine. Won't hurt me. You know, and you'd say that to yourself instead of going into the panic, which you it, presently it, seem to do. Yeah, it's, what's what's the level above panic? Because I think that's the <laughs> level I, I like hysteria. I yeah, that okay. That sounds like the description <laughs> of what. And I know, like, con, like I understand. Okay, this is a lizard. It can't hurt me it can't do anything to me but I it's I have cats I don't even like cats like I'm a dog person but I have cats because I know if a lizard gets in the house the cats Mm -hmm. are going to get it get the lizard yeah they love moving objects (laughs) I have two (laughs) no but it's an it's interesting because I was always afraid of water you know, I wouldn't even put my head underneath water. I didn't want to go in a swimming pool. I would hold my kids' coats for them while they went on water slides. So for me to turn this around, and you can pivot around as well, you know, and see and see yourself not responding and also saying a different word to yourself. See, that's how consciously you get involved with it. And so instead of saying this panics me or this, you can be concerned about lizards and, <laughs> and start neutralizing the way you tell people you respond to the lizards. They concern me. It's a lot more gentle, and you'll calm your nervous system down when you just <laughs> that shift, right? Yeah, I, I have to work on that. I said I'm too – I have um, 
like I'll I'll post like lizard updates on social media. Like one <laughs> one time I posted a picture they had three lizards by the door and I was outside walking the dog and I said I don't know when I'm going inside the house. They're waiting for me. And I said <laughs> no. it is like the it is serious. Yeah. I call it my my lizard chronicles. I've tried to mace a lizard before. I've thrown a whole bottle of water on a lizard before that was like on the door. I was like, okay, it's it's time to deal with this lizard thing. So that you guys look look for the me getting over my lizard fear special because before the year is right. out, I have to because it's it's ridiculous. Like I could not come in the house. This was just the other day. Because they had three lizards above the door. Oh, and yes. see, in Hawaii, we have these little geckos. <laughs> right. And they're, they're bright green, and they we let them in the house because they eat the bugs. You know, they'll catch bugs or mosquitoes or things, and they also bring good luck. And when they hear something that is uh, of a truth, of a higher truth, they'll make a noise. So if you say, so like I'm in the process of doing some healing work on a client and then all of a sudden I hear or something like that, it, you know, that it's some great truth that's happening. It's, they're really beautiful, beautiful little animals. So taking personal responsibility for my joy with dealing with lizards, so to speak, maybe I'll say, okay, they're good luck and try to read. Okay, they bring good luck. Cause I believe that right. about ladybugs. You know, like they're you know okay, you've always well, heard ladybugs. So now I got to work on the lizard. I'll keep you guys posted. Well, the lizard is I'm, just a, a giant ladybug. We're gonna work on that, for, that two, for 2017. <laughs> I want to get, and I know we're like have like eight minutes, but. We've hit so many topics. You are so interesting. I just, I love it. And I've learned how to potentially deal with my lizard issue. Yes. Your book, find your, is it friggin' Frigin? Say it for me. It's friggin'. It's friggin' joy. Joy. Right. Just find your friggin' joy already. You know, stop talking about it. Just find it. It's right there. How did you come up with the title? I say my higher self is the one that gave it to me. You know, sometimes we have things that come just out of our mouths and we don't know where they came from. Mm-hmm. I was in Hawaii, and this was years ago, and I had a facilitator that was helping me with my groups that I brought to Hawaii for swimming with the dolphins. And she was very serious all the time. She, she was a practicing Buddhist, and um, we were watching the waves splashing against the rocks, and this turtle was kind of trapped in in the rocks and couldn't get out of the waves and oh she was lamenting about this turtle and she was just saying this poor poor turtle and all of a sudden I just blurted out Trisha would you just find your friggin joy and she <laughs> burst out laughing I she had never I've never heard her laugh so hard in all my life and I never forgot that it brought her out of this sadness or whatever and it just took her to another level and that's what I want to do with this book is take people to another level so they can find their joy love it love it and that's (laughs) basically what the book helps them do find their freaking joy already that's right if they are willing to take responsibility and they're willing to take an active role in their healing if not you know it's it may not be for them but this it gives you your power back, and I I just I really like to empower people, so that you know you're not at somebody else's mercy, you know, telling you that you have, you know, six six months to live. They don't know. What if they had six years? It's all up to them. Mm-hmm. It's up to their spirit to decide, you know, what's going to happen. Wow. It's not that I don't it's not that I don't approve of doctors. I think there's a place for all different kinds of modalities. You know, western medicine, eastern medicine, 
um, Ayurvedic medicine. And, if you know, there's just so much available that you can investigate and get the information before you commit to something. And if it works, bless you. You know, you got to mm-hmm. do what works. And there, there's so much out there, so many different cultures, and there's so, you know, there's more than one way to cook rice, you oh, know? Yes. And right. if it, the goal is to have rice. So however you get there, it, it may not work right. this way or that way. So I think we all need to open ourselves up to the possibilities and, and to other things versus what we grew up learning. That's so right. I want to thank you so much for, for opening me up, especially helping me deal with my concern with lizards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's, you're already changing. That's wonderful. Yeah. I believe in applying knowledge right away. I'm I'm definitely working on that. Miss Belinda, how can the listeners connect with you and find out about the book and get the book? What's the best well, way to do that? The book is on Amazon. It's also on my website, uh, which is the huna h u n a healing.com. And the under spiritual journeys is the the whole brochure on the dolphin trip which is coming up the end of August and first three weeks of September. So if they're interested in that, and also the CDs are there too, so they can listen to the chants. And the chants are very healing, especially the one, the chant in forgiveness, because it takes you through that forgiveness process with yourself. And that's what it's all about, is, is healing yourself to find that friggin' joy. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of my favorite. Yay is like one of it's like one, probably the number one of my favorite words. That's that's my joy. That's how I express yay. my joy with the word yay. So, with so that when you see said, that next lizard, when you see your next lizard, you're going to shout <laughs> yay, <laughs> yay. Oh, I, I promise. I'm I'm okay. concerned about the lizard. Yay. I'm Yay. A, I'm gonna keep you guys posted on on the okay. my my lizard journey. Right. Uh, my concern with lizards, I will start instead of screaming bloody murder, I'm just going to holler yay really loud. So, I'm going to start working Maybe that into find my... the find the beauty in the lizard because the the lizard has never really been focused on as a thing of beauty. And when you can see beauty in something that's not so beautiful, you're you're bringing that into yourself. We're just an, a mere image. So finding that beauty is, you know, lessening. Instead of terrifying. The <laughs> right. It's, it's a mirror looking back at you. I'm I'm gonna work on all these things, Miss Melinda. That is my 2017 goal. Because I cannot let something roughly the size of my hand have me standing on the counter. It's it's that's right. I'm a little too old to be standing on the counter behind a lizard. So I will work definitely work on that, guys. Stay posted to the Lizard Chronicles. So funny. Well, I think you're beautiful, and I totally support this endeavor, the yay lizard endeavor. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Miss Belinda, for coming on tonight and, and helping us just take personal responsibility, not just for our joy, but just for a whole lot. You you gave so much in tonight's show, and I just really want to thank you for that. Well, it was my honor, and I just am grateful that I got to meet you and your audience. Yay. Well, Yay. Make, sure, <laughs> make sure you guys get the book. Find your friggin', friggin', however you want to say it, joy. And, yes. Yes, and connect with Miss Belinda at www.com. 
HunaHealing.com. The website will be posted in the show notes and also on Define You Radio's Facebook page. Make sure you guys subscribe to the show so you can get all the updates as we start to unleash as we're turning one shortly. The next two shows I'm excited to announce are my first ever pre-recorded shows because you guys know I'm taking an epic vacation slash road trip slash speaking engagement in Canada, which is one of my, it's one of the things on my 100 lifetime goals is a road trip across America. So I will keep you guys posted with that. And I said, I couldn't leave you guys hanging, hence the recorded show. So I hope you in, enjoyed that. Stay posted. Um, stay connected with the show. I'm excited. And make sure you guys let me know your thoughts at Define You Radio's Facebook page. As usual, I'm going to close with a quote. It's from Russell Nelson. The joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. With that being said, guys, happy Sunday. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much again, Miss Belinda. Thank you.